0: This is the Barbarian Rhetoric Podcast. Acta non verba. Welcome to another episode of Bar... No, this isn't Barbarian Banner. This is just the BR Podcast. See, I I have to switch gears here. Today, (laughs) I got Cody Chappell. Did I say that right? Yes. All right. And I've been... I don't know if you followed me first on IG or vice versa, but I know I've been following you for a long time now, and I've just been enjoying what you post up there and stuff, so I'm glad you got to make some time in between your busy schedule to come on here and have a chat.
1: Hey, so thanks welcome. so much. Thank you. Well, I think I I might have heard uh, heard your name. I heard about the famous Steel Jans from uh, Zach Small. Oh, Okay maybe hunter back uh, back, back when in I the first day, bit. yeah, <laughs> turned on to him and um, and the whole scene the whole uh, men's movement scene during a, a real kind of a kind of a breakthrough turning point in my life and and I just happened into all these guys, like a lot of those twenty one con guys and uh, and that's that's somehow how I came across you and and the whole deal. And then um, I had, I was having fun on Twitter and then I got uh, locked down on that and I got mad. And so I decided, well, it was time to embrace the Instagram and see and learn that in, interface. And I got on there and I found you there and I've kind of just been there for the most part since.
0: And I think Instagram is a friendly, friendlier group of people. I, I much more enjoy my time on Instagram than I do Twitter, even though I've met a lot of great people on Twitter and I'm still there, but I enjoy the Instagram crowd better. It's, it feels more respectful over here. Even though you do get some crazies, it's not as many. <laughs> right. Right.
1: You know, if you get the visual aspect, it's, it's artistic and everything. And, you know, I, I've said it once, I'll say it a thousand times. Twitter's not the same since Ivan thrown left. So uh, that that's, that's my two cents on it.
0: There we <laughs> go. I, I can see that. Yes. Well, in Twitter, I, one of the things that I think helped the demise of Twitter, be it good or bad, is they dug into politics too much. They just, they went overboard and it was like, everybody is bleeding. And even myself, I shut Twitter off out of my mind for a while because it was even, even good friends were talking politics and it's like, I don't care. I I really don't care.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah, I, I know there was a lot of grenade fishing for me just going on there and lighting things on fire and, and, and laughing crazy and see what happens. And, you know, it was just kind of that scene, you know, and, uh, but, but Instagram, it does seem a lot more constructive, nutritive. And I see a lot of, especially young dudes, the young, the young men out there really capitalizing and, and networking and this whole uh, renaissance of, I know, I know. There's a there's a podcast now. With, uh, Will has Renaissance of Men, but the, in in a greater aspect, I see men networking on there, and it's it's fantastic. The whole solar, you know, workout bros, like metaphysical gym bros. Like I, I love that whole scene, man. It's really inspiring to me.
0: <laughs> well, and I think one of the other neat things about IG is like guys are like yeah, I'm losing weight or I'm putting muscle on or whatever, but they're posting pictures on top of it. Yeah, You can hear the same thing on Twitter, and it's still just words. And yeah, you got video and stuff, but Twitter to me is words. IG to me is, okay, show me the pictures. It's yeah. like Twitter, I'll scroll past pictures all day long because it's like I'm just doing quick reads and, in- and it shortchanges me. It makes me think too fast.
1: Right. Oh yeah. It took me many years to. I, I don't even. I don't know what it was that flipped for me to embrace Twitter because I hated it for years. The 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 character limitation. You know, I was I was that curmudgeonly old guy of uh, you know. Oh, at first it's a YouTube, you know, fish, you know, goldfish mentality a short attention span and now you've got twitter it's these little blurbs and at some point i really started to dig it but but i i agree with you in instagram you have the receipts there's the claims but you got the before and after pictures it's a and it's a it's great and everyone can cheer each other on
0: it's it's fantastic Fantastic. um what got me into twitter uh, or I, I played with Twitter, got off of it, and then I got back into it. And the reason I dug into it is I realized, because for many years I was an online gamer. I played MMOs, bunch of that. And all Twitter really is, is the chat room for the game of life. Oh. So if you ever played wow. like WoW or Guild Wars or City of Heroes or any of these big MMOs, Twitter chat is almost the exact same as gaming chat. <laughs> so I never thought of it that way. Of course. Of course yeah. it is. And um, I broke away. I mean, gaming was my addiction. That is probably the most doubt. Down- my biggest downfall was gaming, and I got away from that. And then it was like, but like any good addiction, you crave different aspects of it. And I used to play City of Heroes nonstop. There was a nice good community there. And when it started to die off, I bounced around a bunch of other games because I was addicted. But the main thing I always looked for was that community back on City of Heroes. Mm. Never found it in any other game, even close. And then I came upon Twitter. And it was like I'm reading it one day and I'm like, this is the message. This is the chat room for the game of life. That's all this is, and all the people that have never gamed before never understand that because they don't understand how the chat rooms work. But in all reality, that's all Twitter is. I mean, even the small quirks, the things, but you have your DMs, you got your messaging, you got it. It was like, yeah, this is is just gaming chat. So that's how I ended up and started playing around on Twitter and stuck around.
1: Ah, interesting. Yeah. Oh, I, I see that.
0: And I, I
1: got in I, when I started to really go wild on Twitter. I had been on Facebook for years and and just shooting my mouth off and and, you know, politically and all of that stuff. And then um, I just bailed on it all. It was just too too neighborhoody and everything. And I just I don't know whatever reason I, I just I got the hell out of there. But with Twitter, I went anonymous, and um, I, I I was in you know I was in Los Angeles, so I was I was split in you know with the, the communities I was running in. I had some friends that knew the way that I thought about things, but there were a lot of things I wanted to say that I just didn't want to deal with the repercussions in life. And so I was anonymous and out there and just machine gunning in every direction. But, you know, um, some, some people, some accounts have really been effective that way. And I know there's the whole, Oh, if you're anonymous, you're a wimp, you know, but then, you know, I mean, batman's
0: anonymous so (laughs) you know well there's power in that anonymity you know there there is to a certain some guys waste it and some guys use it to an advantage so
1: yeah soul bra is is a great example of a kind of anonymous dude who never shows his face but but he is his own character you know and uh that's that's really cool to to see the emergence of that but yeah i i leaned into that and then you know it, it there is something to be said to be just completely authentic on things you know Thanks. hang it out there right and that's that was that was part of you know one of the many reasons why we moved and got the hell out of california and mm-hmm. and i completely left so can we chat about
0: that because before on air you said you okay you've moved four times in the (laughs) last six months which is challenging for anyone (laughs)
1: right well when you when you leave everything in the trailer it's it's not it's not the hardest move it's not like we unpacked everything thing each of those moves um but but twice we we unloaded everything and and then reloaded it and and all of that so we we've been bouncing around uh visiting and staying with family and all of that um and now we're we've got a little place for the next year and i i just want to build mordor in the woods nice it, you know just a black gate and, and surrounded by you know evil goblins and just keep all of the human beings away like that's <laughs> i want to take my family and hide in a evil enchanted forest somewhere and just get after 20 years in los angeles i'm done with people Pretty you bold. know but but <laughs> for right now we're living in a suburb of dallas so it's not like los angeles but it's not it's not the woodland life that i crave either so yeah. but we're getting there and and um I no longer have to be paranoid or, or, you know, about the repercussions of speaking my mind. And I, I, didn't, I, I didn't want to stay, especially with the pandemic and all of the, you know, the, the, the way people think about things and the way they're behaving and going along with things out there. I, I couldn't raise a son who would see his dad going along to get along right going along with all of these things that we at home did not agree with did not believe in were against or were highly restrictive against the way we wanted to live and and so yeah a long story longer that's that's part of our getting the hell out of there
0: there. and how old is your boy now he's six Six. Oh, he's right in those those years of of knows the basics and starting to become really aware of things.
1: Yeah, absolutely. He's yeah, he's he's hyper-aware and and played a very important part in the move and leaving. And it it would it was hard enough, but it would have been harder, but they shut down everything that he had. You know, he, he had gotten his fourth belt in Hopkido. We had a fantastic grandmaster uh, from Korea who was just the most dynamite human being and, and kind of uh, almost a grandfather figure. Like, both of my son's grandfathers have died in the last couple years. It, it, as a six-year-old, he's lost five very close family members. Like, practically one a year yeah. and so we had this great um you know, grandmaster and he loved his class and all of his teammates and and everything was just getting into uh some really good homeschool groups and and developing a network and just like everything was closed shut down stay home all of this stuff it was it was wild and so that made it a little easier. He was like, "Well, let's go where family is." He got it. He was on board, you know.
0: That's awesome.
1: We sat down and we we talked to him about things, you know. He's not That's a deciding vote awesome. on stuff, but he he knows about things um when we decide on them and we always ask his opinion on it, you know, and raising a young man, you know.
0: Right. And mine now, let's see. He's about to turn 15. What is it? I mean, a few months here. So I'm a, I'm a little bit ahead of you. Yeah. Still the same similar challenges. We went to the homeschool route just because every day they were changing the rules. And it was like, I just got tired of it. And I talked to him and he was against it mainly because of he wanted to hang out with his friends. Yeah. It wasn't anything to do with school or anything. You wanted friends and sports. Well, they closed all the sports down, and they locked them down on the friend side, so you really aren't getting that interaction anyway. And it was like, go hang out with your buddies at home. Okay? They can come play here. And, and he did. But the boredom is rough. You know, with everything being shut down, it's, it's tough for them. It's, it's a challenge. Um finding stuff for him to go do in the teenage years on one hand it's like I'm offering all kinds of stuff but at the same time when you're 14 it's not always cool to hang out with dad so oh. there's there's that balance effect see if he was a little younger he would have loved to hang out with me all the time yeah. now, now that he's a teenager it's like well will anyone see me <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no.
1: I know it'll happen one day.
0: I know. No. So, uh. <laughs> you know, they, they, he's working to be independent. And it's going for there. And then on the same token, I work to cultivate that. Yeah. So it's it's expected, but I still put my offers out there. And one out of 20, he accepts. And I'm like, cool, time to hang out, you know. Right and then on. his friends show up and he ditches me, which is fine. <laughs>
1: the way of things isn't it it's- yep
0: well and something i've been thinking about you know with the coming years and stuff is some of the challenges that i'm tackling or i'm going to be tackling and explaining to him of you know as he he's going up because i mean one one big thing when i was 14 i had my first job trying to find a 14 year old a job now uh, is like pulling teeth i think it's easier Mm. I'm curious what challenges are you foreseeing that you're already counteracting a move out of communist California is a big one. What other things are you looking forward to the future of countering before, especially with how things are now?
1: Um, you know, is specifically as, uh, as a, as a, you know, with my son, um, he he and i have bandied about and he he's really been pushing for us to start a youtube show for about a year now and um i'm finally moving forward on that and um i've got a lot of footage stacked but um we have ideas for new stuff and it's really on me at this point to get a few episodes edited and posted. We've got the page set up and uh, the channel set up, and, and it's called Wall of Chapels. Uh, it's a little play on uh, my wife's maiden name is Wall, and um obviously we're the Chapel family, and so he 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 has um there's a few YouTube family shows that he's into, and those things have uh, you know, I watch that stuff with him and to be honest, those YouTube families, I would rather he'd be watching that than most of the crap on sex flicks and, you know, Amazon and all that other stuff. So um, I'm hoping, you know, that's something we can build together and I don't know, do forever. I don't I don't know that we would ever be huge brand with it like that. We could do that for a living, but we dream about it we talk about it and cool and so i hope there's more long-term you know i see ryan Mickler like building a canoe with his son and you know all of those things those classic father-son deals like they're on the list but um i don't know it, the we, we're doing the the uh the ron paul homeschool curriculum with my son and part of that at some point we'll be building a website and starting a business
0: oh um, cool for
1: elementary for for young kids and um god man i i come from a long line of of humble blue collar you know meek People and I, I'm ready to to get some entrepreneurial pursuits into the bloodline, and it's never too too early to start that. So I don't know if that's a, a long-winded but short answer to your question. I, I guess we're we're looking at some fun, creative pursuits that maybe could be lucrative, maybe not, but but something we could build and together, you know.
0: That's the, um, on that note, uh, the hero and the kid, uh, he has a, um, thing and he started off around comic books. Mm. I heard about him because he, I, I listened to, um, bodybuilding podcast Mm. and he had one of the bodybuilders on there. And since then he's had several bodybuilders on there. So he's branched out to this, and I want to say he's 14, but it's the type of thing, and he runs a podcast, and I have to say, for a kid, it's like, he's doing a really good job. I'm impressed. Now, big comic book kid, you know, that's where his stuff is, Gartoots, but it's like, he's starting to work out, he did, he did some power lifting, now he's doing bodybuilding and stuff there might be another one to check out and see what he's doing but he's gotten popularity because he got hooked into the bodybuilding and strongman he's had at least one strongman I think two on there and, and i think his channel's starting to blow up i know i catch it every now and then and you know that's that's funny that you
1: say that because um uh that's really all the the really the only sports we ever watch in this house if if we had like uh we had an extreme sports network or something you know um we we would watch that i i'm I'm an old skateboarder and stuff myself my wife is a skydiver so we've got those roots um
0: so Nitro be- circus is a plus yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. We- but, but we there's a strongman channel uh, there's some cheap little channels pre-programmed into our cheap crappy tv but there's a strongman channel and all they do is replay strongman competitions and he and i get out the little bitty dumbbells and we do things and we watch them push cars and pick up buses and all that stuff and and that's that's sports to us that you know or or sometimes i'll i'll Across like a kickboxing channel or something and so he and I have always been big wrestler grapplers foam swords since he could nice. walk and and all of that so we've been big battler you know kind of uh martial arts guys but the but um you know he and I get down and do push-ups together and stuff and we text back and forth during the day about you know what, what we're doing. There's a, a little crappy gym set up at, at where I'm working right now. And I send them videos. This is what I'm working on today, back and forth. But we love that strongman stuff. Cause here's these huge guys, real life kind of superheroes. You know? Right.
0: Yes, they are. I've been, I, I want to say I started watching strongman with my grandfather, way back in the day it was between that and the old when it was still wwf wrestling
1: yeah. yeah
0: my one grandfather was he he would even tell me no this isn't real but they're real athletes yeah so, you know what they're doing is amazing this uh-huh. this isn't just chump change easy 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 stuff these guys are really getting hurt and he always admired them for what they did that was his sports entertainment i am not a sports person my son on the other hand is a big sports person so i support him in those but i didn't, you could do away with all national and college sports and i wouldn't even realize it yeah so
1: no and i enjoy you know we have everything we have basketballs and footballs and all that and he's always uh open to to playing with any he just likes to play you know but um but uh as far as like i i don't i don't see any difference in in um professional sports ball than in you know um soap operas or you know cartoons or anything else it's all just kind of ridiculous men in tights and, and you know and I'm not saying there's not great moments of athleticism. It absolutely is, but it's just so um, unwatchable now that it's become such a platform for opinions, right? And for personalities. I, I just, I've, you know, I moved my family 1,600 miles to get away from virtue signaling craziness. I'm not yes. gonna have it on the TV in the house, so
0: right. Yeah. And Strongman has little or any of that. So I, I, yes, I enjoy I mean, the Strongman.
1: personalities are great, but they, those guys are all happy. They're all happy to be there. Yeah. And I follow guys like that on Instagram. Like, uh, is it Mark Valenti, a uh, refined savage and, uh, yep. Oh, um, and I see uh, Irish Titan is starting to play with some uh, Strongman light stuff. And, and so that those guys are cool. And, those always seem like real happy people, you know, yes. throwing trees around and wearing kilts <laughs> and stuff. It looks fantastic, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, just and there's something about just picking up heavy things and tossing them. It's like, yeah, why not? Which,
1: which is a worthwhile thing, and and I want my son to be into that. You know, we we talk a lot about man stuff and 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 all of that, and he appreciates it, and it's um. You know, it's been a journey for me. You know, I've uh, I've heard Zach Small. A lot of people really harp on this lately about, oh, and you had a post today about, um, you know, it's not, maybe your kids will hear what you say. Maybe it'll rub off at some point, but it's the example that you set. Right. They pay attention to you and there's only a minute in time when they want to be like you, you know, or they think that you're so amazing. And so you've got that. You got them the stage for a moment to be that uh I saw a quote about fathers one father's day, and it was like uh every every kid deserves to have a uh a mythological hero of a legend and and that should be their father, you know it's like you have a window in time, and if you're lucky, you kind of make that stick. But it, it's your actions, you know, and so that's that's really been a I didn't start out as a good dad at all, <laughs> at all, you know, or a good man, to be honest. And so finding that message um, better late than never has been huge for me. And, um, yeah, seeing that post from you today was just like, yeah, man, that's that's like my daily. That's what I scream in the mirror at myself every day. Like,
0: well, they're little mini me's. In one way, shape, or form, they're gonna follow along. They're a little mini me. I had to chuckle the the latest one that he got me on. Cause he's getting ready to turn fifteen. We're talking driver's head. We're looking at cars. You know, when I was looking at cars when I was I was looking at like Mustangs and Camaros and Firebirds and or big trucks. That's yeah. all the stuff that and I still look at all that stuff and what I would like now. But I, I drive a Mazda 6, a little four-door thing. It, it does what I want. But I'm asking him, and, I, and this leads into, it's like, well, what kind of car would you be interested in? He's like, I think I want a sedan. Wait, what? Yeah, I want a sedan. Well, a two-door <laughs> one? Because in my mind, I'm like 16. I want everything two-door. No, I like a four-door. And I'm like, I I messaged a few different people about this because this just blew my mind. Why would he want anything like a four-door sedan? And one of them came back, they're like, because he wants to be like you. I drive a Mazda 6, it's a four-door, it's a little on the sporty side, but, you know, that's, I mean, really the only other vehicle he ever saw me in was an old 95 Chevy pickup, and now we have that car. So it's like... (laughs) Yeah, to him, and it's like, okay, well, that's easy enough. That's fine right. cool.
1: Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> it's making my life simple. Here I am thinking of how am I going to afford some kind of cool car to help him out with, and he's like, he wants a Ford Air sedan. All right, fair enough. But, you know, it's he's gotten to the age now that all the stuff I've been working on for the last decade is starting to come to fruition. I'm starting to see... You know all the stuff I've been pounding into his head where I didn't think he was listening, and yeah. but through my own actions, you know, mimicking and everything else. It's like when they're little, you think they're listening to you and you think they're following your lead, but you're not sure. They get in those middle teen years, you start to realize if you 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 know raised them upright or not. So I'm quite proud of them in that fact.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's there's such a there's so many voices in their lives. By that point, just thinking back to me as a teenager, and then then you have to wonder: um, Are they, you know, are they are they choosing to act this way? Are they choosing to take your direction? Are they choosing to, you know, or, or are they choosing to consciously do the opposite? Right. Just because it's the opposite, and then you're you're in that microscope of like, oh, what did I do? Why, you know, are they just being the opposite because they're teenagers? Are they being the opposite because, you know, I did I fumbled or something, you know? And and I know I went through some real identity stuff as a teenager, and uh, right. it's it's you know, I at some point, you know, I, I go back and it's like, well, that's that's got to be real relative, you know, to my relationship with my parents. And, and so I've got to, you know, really take some stock there because I don't want him to just knee jerk, feel that he's got to rebel just because it's something that society says that that's something you have to go through. I don't think that it is, you know, I mean, we've probably had thousands of years of young men, living and dying and aspiring to just move up in the tribe you know and uh maybe that was evident of how far away from tribalism or or any kind of cultural identity that i was in in my world at that time So that's that's a big thing for me right now with him is we're going through uh we're we're reading for story time right now we're reading a, a celtic myth, mythology book and then uh i've got a uh a Saxon mythology book queued up next. You know, if if cool. he's down, he may pick something else, but at some point we'll get to it. And uh, I don't have great genealogy stuff going back. I just researched where our names come from and some general direction. And I just wanted to feel part of something. Right. You know, that, that goes back that thousands of people lived and died to this point and you're the tip of that spear, you know, I heard someone once say you, you are the capstone of a pyramid of the dead of people who lived and died to get to this point in history. And what are you going to do with that? You know, like the destiny, you know, watch TV. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Watch Netflix and chill. Yeah. I don't think so.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Right, so I I, I want them to. That's so what we, and that's the wild thing, you know. I just went to a funeral. We buried my grandpa, and um, his last name was Warnick, which is um, that's the Celtic side of my family, and they weren't into all that stuff. But when I research it back, it's it's you know pre one thousand, it's nine hundred something is the first time that name was written down in in Ireland or or. Uh, So that's, that's why we're in the Celtic mythology book right now. And I'm trying and talking about ancestors who are relatives that we never met, who died long before we were here. That's the way I explain ancestors to him. And then, you know, boom, my grandfather dies who he had a pretty good relationship with. Um, You know, he, he only knows my mom, you know, he knew my dad for a little bit and, uh, barely knew my wife's mom. And so my, my papa, his great grandpa is one of the the grandparents that he's known the most. And so now we talk about, he's an ancestor now, you know, he's, he's, he's on that side of, of, of things, you know, it's, it's been a wild, he has a really deep perspective. He's been to some, he's buried so many people people in six years that, uh, has yes, very interesting wisdom on the whole thing the whole thing you know?
0: <laughs> well in and I can see his viewpoint because let's see i want to say seven, yeah, I was seven. I lost my mom when I was seven, and then oh it was like shortly after that that lost a grandfather, lost an uncle, lost there was like a whole string of them, so I can feel them there you're I used to say say my senses were warped. You know, people would be like, oh, you need to go back and revisit that. No, I know they're in a better place. They're happy. Things happen. Stuff happens. Life is good. But one of the things you said, and I never thought about that, is explaining to a young kid what ancestry is and then telling him that they're an ancestor. I think that's awesome. What a way to explain you know, passing on, you know, death to such a young mind is like, yeah, they're an ancestor now. And I think that's really cool. That that's a neat path to go that you took him down.
1: Well, Thanks. It just, it, it just kind of happened that way. Kind of in, in, in reexamining some of those things like rebellion and stuff for me um, as a young person and like, well, heck, man, that's probably just lack of identity or or whatever or being, belonging in this world. And so you just, you know, you rebel, you throw a fit about it, right? You know, right. and um, and in, in explaining that and finding, I don't know, in, in that seeming like that, man, that would have helped me. I always wish that I'd known, had something that I could look back to, you know, growing up, it's like every white kid want to claim that they were part one 152nd native american or whatever you know like <laughs> yo and, you know and we even have those stories in my family but i don't even people go oh you know are you part where i'm like i don't even yeah there's those rumors but it's not even worth talking about because you got no way to back that up you oh, know no. seats on that um so in finding and going that through back through that taking stock for me I just happened to be at the right place for those words to come out of my mouth when he and I both needed a, a way to think about it you know yeah
0: that's Conflict. awesome well it that's one of those moments when everything just aligns correctly, yeah, you just be thankful for and then you know it's like one of the pass it on moments that there, there there's a a solid kernel of wisdom to pass on for for younger minds for dads listening listen to this. What a way to explain it. And on top of that, it's not just explaining to them, it's explaining to them what ancestry is in the first place. Because if they don't know what ancestry is in the first place, they wouldn't understand be calling them an ancestor. But taking the time, going, here are our roots, here's how we're showing things, and moving forward, it was – I think if I had something like that would be real acceptable, you know, that's a solid answer. There's no, huh? You know, you don't have that hum moment. It's like, Oh, okay. That makes sense.
1: Yeah. And no, I, I, I still, I, you know, I, I guess we'll, we'll get down to the nitty gritty or we won't, or, you know, have some kind of, you know, conversation about religion or something like that. I was, I, I grew up um, in a, uh, in the Baptist church is what all my family identified as. It sounds like politically correct. <laughs> way. They, they identified as Baptist. Um, that, um, but um, I, uh, you know, I, I, we haven't, I don't practice that, you know, and I don't rebel or, you know, I, I I don't know any um epic universal truths. All I know are the the things I've experienced. And I've had some, I think, magical, unexplainable experiences in my life. And and it it, it speaks to me something not different, but more than just that kind of limited two-dimensional. Thing that I experienced, and I'm not discounting what other people experience in in their journeys, but um, to me, that whole—I don't know—we we talk about you know whether you talk about the gods, and we look back at, at the Saxon gods look very much like you know the the Norse gods. They're all from the same part of the world. They have you know whether it's Odin or Woden or whatever. It's semantics. It's, it's, it's the one I do. You know, right. same thing. Um, we talk about those forces. We talk about the sky clock a lot. You know that the seasons are very important. The cardinal directions: north, south, east, west. I mean, if you if you know north, south, east, west, you know something that four fifths of the population of the planet doesn't know no. anymore. You know, and so right. there's a connection there. And so to just say that. Uh, oh, he went to heaven. But then we also say, "Oh, they're with us all the time." And it's like, "Well, did they go or did they stay?" Does that mean they're ghosts? Does that mean they're hanging out? Or you know, like it's, it's, or they just floated away, and that's where we go, whether you want to or not, and all of that. And and so, yeah, for him to become an ancestor it was like he joined the ranks of something. You know, that was. It seemed like an active thing to me that like, oh, you know, it's like, I don't know, like you leveled up or something, you know, in a way.
0: You know, one of the things in my writing and and I have this little editor and it's always yelling at me about writing in the passive voice to change it to an active voice. Right. And, And this is a key component of that. You know, it's like, well, he went to heaven. To me, that's passive. Well, he became an ancestor, and now we need to honor him in that sense. That's an active voice, you know. The, the, there, there's action there, no matter how which way you look at it. And it's, yeah, I, that that's just yeah, it's solid. I like that. It's one of those. See, this is why it's good to talk to people. <laughs> I, I learn new stuff. <laughs> yeah. Because it, it, th- this conversation has me going back. Me and Padre go back and forth all the time about different thoughts between Christianity and paganism and stuff. And we did the one podcast with uh, Joe, uh, Joe Shoemaker also. Uh, Sigma he'll, he'll mess me yeah. up on that. But but in those conversations, you know, it, we can sit down and agree on 80%. It's like that 20% that we're like, hmm. I believe this, or I believe this, but I don't discount what you say. It's just, this is where I currently believe. And I yeah. think a lot of it in there for a while, I was, um, I did a lot of uh, research into uh, primordial traditionalism, which says there's truce in every religion, which if you look at them, a lot of the stories across the board are all the same. Sure. All the morals, the virtues, pick anything from Asian to Western, you know, Eastern religions, Western religions. It just At the end of the day, the morals and virtues are say they've just changed the names of the stories. And a lot of times, even the stories are are the same. It's just, oh well, that's when the Romans took over, the Greeks took over, or they moved into England and they took over. Well, yeah, they they adapted them to them. But then you go over and start reading, like, the uh, Eastern stories, and those line up, too. And when did, you know, the Western and Eastern talk to each other to align their stories? Well, they didn't. Not till later. Right. You know, there's thousands of years of history there, and it's like, okay, there are some kernels of truth in all of this. So... Most of us can agree on 80%. It's the last 20% where, personally, we believe this way. And that's where we all shake hands and go, okay, fair enough. Well, exactly.
1: And I think think that's, yeah, you... There was a time years ago when I would get into uh, picking the fly shit out of the pepper. And it was, well... We got Vishnu and we got Tammuz and we got Mithra and we got Jesus and we got Quetzalcoatl and, 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 you know, there's all these details and all these things that like who, how, you know, who was born of a virgin and this and that and what age and all of this stuff and, and comparative religion and everything. And, and, and I think there is, there is value in learning all these stories, but I don't think the value comes from, syncretism you know and like oh it's all the same story and boiling it down it's 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 recognizing core truths like you say regardless of the details of the differences or the similarities of the stories but what is that what does that mean to you personally and um i i see you know people like uh Will Spencer, Renaissance of Men, or or Tanner um, really pushing this, uh, not pushing, but you know what I mean, embracing, talking about this King Jesus, this really active, uh, masculine, uh, yang kind of, you know, savior, God, um, just powerful force. That was not the Jesus that I was presented with growing up by men in pleated khaki pants who made terrible dad jokes in loafers, you know, who, who browbeat me and stuff, who had no connection with, you know, right. um, but, and so the, you know, the, the 10 commandments and the guilt and, and to me, it was, um, it was a, a couple a couple of years ago, a few years ago, I guess I'm old enough now where that's all kind of the same, whether it was three or five years. It's all it's all a blink of an eye to me. I came across the nine noble, nine noble virtues, nine noble virtues right here. Right. A <laughs> um, Viking culture. And, and who's to say some dude 100 years ago didn't make it up? I mean, I don't I don't know. It's hard to find a lot of concrete stuff. But the, what resonated to me. Was that the ten commandments is here's 10 things you shouldn't do okay now what i'm not going to bang my neighbor's wife i'm not going to kill somebody i'm not going to steal anything so but what do i do what what do i do and and this like industriousness uh, perseverance courage truth honor fidelity discipline hospitality self-reliance these are the things that like ah i need to try harder these these are the marks i need to hit right and i was not doing this you know i thought i was a great artist for a long time and that i was you know a a lot of fun to be around and and a fantastic individual contributing to the world and um held up to this marker like I found myself to be quite lacking, you know, and um changing that mindset from don't do this to what do I need to be doing made a complete difference. And you know, you you could ask anyone, you know, an old friend or a relative or whatever, and they might have varying opinions, but I know that me and myself, I have changed. And I can guarantee you my wife would tell you I'm a better father because of changing that aspect. Do I believe I'm going to go away in a, in a a chariot with a nine legged horse and wield a hammer and rule a planet someday? Or so I I don't know. I don't have, those things aren't important to me. Like what the afterlife looks like and all that stuff. Like I don't need to have all that hammered out. What I feel like if I can, master myself every day or do my damnedest trying then all that other stuff will work itself out and if my dad is in um a christian heaven and you know i'm surfing lightning bolts i'm sure we're gonna meet up you know like exactly (laughs) i'm really not too concerned about it you know like the whole idea is like this is it or hell like right and you know, if that's if that's the way that it turns out to me, I think it's unfortunate. You know, and unimaginative. And I would I would file a complaint with the management. But um <laughs> <laughs> But I don't know. You know, I may sit down with my kid, he may be 12 and and have gone to church with a friend and be really convicted and I'll be able to talk to him because I know the Bible because mm-hmm. of the 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 childhood that I had. So um that's you know, hey, exciting. You know, we'll talk about new things, but for right now, it's it's brownies and leprechauns and and um, Valkyries
0: and things like that. You know, I like it. <laughs> yep, and yeah, I I'm I'm on a similar path. It's like more times than not, I talk about God. I think that's that's like my one thing. I. I'd like to say I lean toward paganism just because of the virtues and stuff. Right. But yeah. at my core, and part of this is growing up or whatever, I, I claim Christian. But I like to call, say, I think there. I think at the end of time, there is one person in charge, and we'll just use God with the big G. Yeah. So yeah. that's my one and only conviction on on the whole thing of the. After that, then I get into all the nuances of stuff. Right. You know, one of my my favorites is, is, okay, there's all these little gods. All right, fair enough. I'll take that. But at the same token, what if all the Norse gods are just names of different angels from heaven?
1: Exactly.
0: Exactly. Okay. This group of people thought they were gods. Other people thought angels were gods, and, you know, in some places they were corrected, other places they weren't. Yeah, To me, I I think a lot of these people, because so many different groups talk about them, it's like I believe they existed at one time, and they talked to man at one time. I think there was a connection there. Now, do I think there's a total overseer – well, put it this way. I don't think we there was a spark in the universe and we just happened. That's one thing I, I don't agree with. I, I think someone created all of this. And I hope I'm right when I pass over to the other side. <laughs> but I, you know, you don't know, but it's like, there's just so many amazing things. I just don't see that happen. Like, you know, on Darwinism, even though... I can see things mutate and change over time and everything. So there's a kernel of truth there. But I just like, I want to believe there's the key. I have the faith and I want to believe that there is some Supreme being at the very top of the pile. Now, all the other names underneath that, I think is non-sequential. It doesn't really matter. So I I say all that... Because I explained to my son that there is a God, and mm-hmm. I believe there's a God. But beyond that, we talk about everything under the sun. We talk about the Norse. We talk about the Greek. We talk about the Christian. And I'm letting him decide and figure things out as we go along and let him discover his own faith and his own beliefs. But it's like, yeah, God is real. And all of this falls underneath it. So that's how I my approach I've taken.
1: I love it. I I do because I, the Greek myths uh, as a, as a, as a little guy definitely resonated with me. I love those stories. Um, And there was a lot of the Bible that I, it it hit me the same way, the same awestruck. And then later I kind of started to have these questions like, well, you know, okay uh abel goes out and takes a wife who is that a monkey like but they were the only people like and it's like those things are the that's where you get bogged down and, and spin out and all that and and um i agree with you like i think it's too new age to call it the source or the the organizing factor, or, you know, I got into this thing for years of referring to like, well, oh, the universe wants this and the universe. And, and again, it, it, it does boil down to semantics like, Oh, you're being, you're afraid to call it God at that point, you know, but I know it's not chemical chance. It's not. I, oh, you know, I don't, I've, I've read, you know, I, I've read too many uh, science books. I don't believe in the big Bang at all i don't i don't believe in the christian embraced big bang like well god said it and boom there was a big bang and like i it doesn't none of it pans out like you said darwinism right most what is it 99.9 percent of all mutations in nature are negative right you have extra chromosome you you have an arm growing out of your eyeball or your spina bifida, you know, your spinal columns exposed. Like, it just usually doesn't pan out. If you're lucky, you're a white rhino or something like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. but For the most part, and the idea is like, oh, well, only the, the giraffes with a little longer neck bred with the other giraffes. And, like, 10 billion years later, we have long neck giraffes. There's no room in the historical record for all of these mutations to pan out on that glacial space. You know, I'm getting bogged down in the weeds of that, but you know what I'm saying? Like I've had too many mystical experiences in my life for the beginning of time to be a big accident. There's been right. too many magical, wonderful, spiritual, amazing things that I've seen in my life um, for the organizing factor of of all of it to have been a big goof up. And then everything else is just kind of spontaneously magical and organized. It doesn't, it doesn't jive with me. And, you know, maybe at the end, it's, it's some great big, you know, hitchhiker guide to the galaxy and it's all a big joke <laughs> on us. But, you know, to me, I, I just don't, I don't see it. I don't. I don't even see what the point of living life in a huge chemical accident is. You know, right? There's, you
0: and, know, and it's, you know, a lot of this. I always want to go back to. It gets drowned um, out in all the noise of the city. And if more city folk would get out to the country and go explore waterfalls or the quiet places in a forest, which on my other hand, I'm selfish and I don't want them to go to those places because they end up trying to destroy them. But <laughs> it's like go out to a pond or or not a pond, um, a natural spring in the middle of the woods. And if you don't come away with a magical experience of something, you you've shut that part of your body entire uh, off. Um, one of my favorite series as a kid was the Chronicles of Narnia by C.S. Lewis. And, you know, it's like, that always had me exploring, you know, it's like, well, can I find that magical gateway to the other side? And right. those I, are the stories
1: that I always wanted to go on that journey that cross that, that, that threshold, you know, that, that was what always captivated me yep. was that, that, that pulling back of the veil, you know, that something else was there, there. it was right in front of our face. In just a step away. <laughs> yeah. And in those natural places, you feel either closer to it or that you somehow made your way in. Right. You you really touched off a, a bomb in my head when you said that about people in in the cities because spending 20 years, I lived in Austin for four years and then I, I spent 20 years in Los Angeles and and you're right, man. They're like, and then you have these planet pushing environmentalist types um, there in the cities and they're so disconnected. They think the whole world is run like a city. They've mentally covered the whole world in a city. And so they think that all the, City problems are the problems of the rest of the world. And 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 then you have those other unfortunate people who've lived in generations in cities and are just completely living in an alternate universe. True. We woke up one day and realized that we were surrounded by millions of people who disagreed with us. And we felt threatened by that. Right. You know?
0: And rightfully if... so.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and it was just, we we thought that if we tried to wait it out, I, you know, I, I was making pretty good money at the time and stuff. And, and we had a, we just had a, a great living situation, but everything was very tenuous and things were, deteriorating in in that state in that city in that county in our neighborhood and we just were concerned that if we didn't go that there was going to be that there were windows and there were probably more windows later down the road but we thought those windows would get smaller and pass more quickly and uh we just didn't want to risk it and there might be some people who we go, oh, you guys just flipped out and split, you know, but I, I don't think the story is over yet, you know? No.
0: Well, in the mass migration that's going on, you know, both from California and New York to other areas and, and just in Illinois, Illinois is another one that people are fleeing from. It's like you're watching people migrate. Um, One of my comments, and I haven't really read this or heard this, but it's like, if you read everything and kind of, I'm calling this the great migration because you're seeing people move. Like people are moving left and right. Every other day you're hearing about somebody moving and it's not just across town or, you know, just down the road. It's like, yeah, I moved to this state. I got, I went to this state. I'm leaving this one to move to this one. Or they're straight up just leaving the country altogether. So, between the two, it's like we're, I think we're seeing, I think historians are going to look back and call this the great migration of the United States as people moved and realigned with like thoughts and ideas and shifting because that's where a lot of this current culture is going. Everyone's lining up somehow. So uh, the only people that are staying steadfast are the people that are ignoring them. Um, I work indirectly with some Amish, but I get to talk to some of them. Oh, they hardly wow. know anything is going on. You know, they're they're horse and buggy. They live on the farm. They're multiple generations, you know, going on this, but for the most part, but one of the places I deliver to, um, and and it was fairly recent in the last few months, I used to be able to drop off and walk in the back door. And I went to do that, And the door's locked, and it was locked from the inside out. Going, and I'm like, kind of looking like, oh yeah, we had to put that on there. We had our first robbery ever. Someone walked in the front of the place, grabbed a Milwaukee tool, and ran out the back door. And we're talking, this isn't in the city. This is, you know, a village out you had to work, you, you had to know what's going on and you had, it wasn't just a simple, um, what do I want to say? Uh, uh, theft of convenience. You know, it wasn't just, oh, I can pull this off. No. Someone had to put thought into this and go, Oh, they won't chase me down or anything. And it's like, when people are thinking about how they can rob the Amish, it's like, wow. Yeah, you're, I'm looking at him and I'm like, I get it. And he's like, that was a, and then shortly after that, they put there, they actually had um someone, <laughs> this was funny. The, the owners, the house is next door and they were having a wedding and they ended up having to call the cops and everything because about halfway through someone was breaking into their store. Oh my God. Somebody knew that they were all going to be busy over there and no one would be watching the store yeah and it's like out here this is a place where you you know people go out like you know regular guys go out to live in that neighborhood because less likely things are going to happen and it's like yeah people are getting desperate and it's like when they start moving this far out and it's like people move here to avoid that stuff (laughs) And that one shocked me. That one really did. That really drove home to me how bad it is getting in certain areas. And it's like, all right. But in saying all that, it's the country folk, you know, third, fourth generations that have lived on the same farms or in the same neighborhoods. They're all hunkering down and they'll survive it. But it's the in between the suburbs and the city folk they're either migrate now moving or realizing they're going to get screwed in the long run
1: yeah yeah no it's um i grew up from you know one one to one to ten we lived you know we were on a street with neighbors but i mean the the you know we had, we had a few acres the neighbors had a few acres and we were on 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 top of a small mountain um in east cent- no, west central arkansas and um i you know as a young as a young guy i always i dreamed of being in the big city where things were you know and and movie theaters, and, and bowling alleys, and arcades, and all of that stuff. I was born in 73, so I got to enjoy part of the 70s, and then really enjoy all of the 80s, and, and the 90s, and all of that so good we're stuff. We're only
0: a year apart then. I was born in 74. So Okay.
1: See? So, yeah, you, so- you, you kiddo.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... That's the funny thing. What I've found now is, you know, I joke, you know, cities are canceled because they're irrelevant now. It's just a miserable. I mean, look, I I get it. People like to wake up and walk two minutes to have coffee on the corner and. And walk to the bagel shop and then drop their poodle off at the thing and then go to the playground. It's all walkable and it's that's cute and 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 fun and you go to your local cafe and it's it's all compact and accessible. To me, living in the city is is like living in Disney World. It's like you got downtown Disney, you go there and you you have your little your little overpriced meal, and then you go up to your amusements and then you go back to your hotel room, which is your little apartment or whatever, your overpriced uh, quarter of an acre and and it's living in Disneyland, right and to me, there's no reason when I was growing up and and for you know hundreds of years, you went to the city. The only thing that drew you off the farm or out of the, the country whatever was to go to the city because there were more services, there were more technology, there were more diversions and entertainments, you know, and there were clubs and there was music and, and theater and all that good stuff. And then the only way to experience, you know, cuisine and people from other parts of the world was to go to a big city and all those different neighborhoods and things we have the internet now, you know, I can look at you and I are hanging out right here. Right. Just because we decided to, because we met on our phones, you know, like it's how ridiculous is it? There's no reason to, to go put yourself through that kind of miserable lifestyle. And like, I got friends who love that adrenaline lifestyle of New York city or whatever, or have, but, even them are they're having a come to Jesus moment. Like there's because of the internet, any of those things you wanted. Let's say you wanted to to put on a play, or you wanted to play in a band, or you wanted to open a sushi restaurant. And you're, you know, um, you're from El Salvador, and you want to learn how to make sushi. You can because of the internet. You don't have to go to Japan or go to little Tokyo and, you know, or Soho or somewhere and learn from the one sushi chef, you know, you, you can do anything you want anywhere you want and you don't have to cohabitate in these miserable overcrowded conditions, which is where you are subject to the will of your neighbors, you know, right. They all decide to destroy everything or, uh, Decide that, you know, you voted wrong or you wore the wrong clothes or, or whatever it is. You're you're at the whim, you know, or, you know, you didn't you didn't do this. You didn't put a, a diaper on your kid's face so they can't go in the store, you know, or you, you kid didn't get a shot or this or that, whatever, whatever it is that, you know, hoop you're expected to jump through. Um, you're you're subject to that now. And and people Used to live in cities and have a somewhat private, autonomous experience, and now because of the homogenization of information, everyone's getting the same message, and you tend to find that everyone in the city now votes the same way, thinks the same way. You you can yeah you you're just you're kind of adrift in all of that, and so I don't know. That's that's a long boring speech but that's something i've been thinking about is cities are pointless at this point because anything that a young man would have gone to the city for he can do anywhere now
0: right well and one of the other things that i i've i think we go in cycles a little bit because Mm. when i was younger same kind of thing we went to the city to go do stuff and With dad moving around quite a bit, we lived in the city, suburbs, out in the country, stuff. I always had the most fun when we were the farthest away from people. Looking back, (laughs) you know, in hindsight, I had the most fun, but I thought the city was exciting. So I went and experienced the city. But then as I got older, I wanted a simpler life. Now, when I say simpler, that often meant harder. You know, a lot of people will, will, well, I want a simple life, but I don't want to work for it. Well, I lived in a house for several years that we had a wood burning furnace, had to split wood. That's how how we kept the house warm. Those were some of the best years. Yeah, I grumbled about splitting wood when I didn't really want to, but overall, it was good. I was healthy. You know, it wasn't getting overweight or anything else. I didn't have... Simpler often means harder, but at the same time, it's more fulfilling. It's more enjoyable. You have all the conveniences. Now, I'm not complaining. Like right now, it it got a little on the warm side. Kick the AC on. It gets cold. Turn the heater on. I appreciate that. You know, I will take my luxuries. I'm not one of those guys. You know, if cold showers, your thing, more power to you, but I have a hot water heater and I enjoy my hot showers. You know, I like those modern conveniences, but at the same time, it's like when you have, I I think about it like lifting weights a lot of time. I don't have a very manual job anymore. Okay. So I got to go lift the weights. Well, when I did manual work, I never thought about lifting weights. I was plenty strong. Right. Um, I did tree tree service and wrecking. That was the family business. I did that for several years. Out of my peers in my early 20s, I was one of the strongest guys I knew. You know, we'd go to the pool hall to shoot pool, and the other big guys that lifted weights wouldn't mess with me because I had gotten into some entanglements, and they didn't like the outcomes. You know, it's it got that little bit of a reputation, but it was like, well, do you lift, bro? No unless you count logs and tree limbs. you know yeah. It's like, I didn't need to. And it's funny now, here I am later years, spending a lot of time sitting in this chair, taught working on the computer and stuff. It's like, I got to get out to the garage and lift weights just to keep the body strong. You know, we got to force ourselves. And I think a lot of people are starting to realize it's like, I want a simpler life, but I want to, it's going to be harder, but that's good for me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The, you there's a lot of in the city you think there's all this convenience because everything's available but there's it it comes at a cost of your of your soul it it comes at the cost of zero privacy you know of of always seeing people being away from the natural world and and all that stuff and and then yeah you you can't just go Walk around, climb a tree, swim, you know, whatever. You you have to find the facility, you know. Okay. To, Here's to one for
0: you. I maybe not crawdads, but something on that. So when you were living in Arkansas, did you go down to the creek without adult supervision and flip rocks looking for crawdads and bugs and stuff?
1: Oh yeah. And when I was 10, we moved to uh Texas, to Texarkana, right okay. on the border. And Absolutely. We, you know, we, we, I did a lot of catfishing and stuff um, uh, with my grandpas and my papas. And, but when I moved to Texas, we had, there was a little, it was a, it was a ditch. Like it filled with rainwater. It was not a proper Creek, but there were crawdads everywhere We're we're like 30 minutes away from Louisiana. So, we would get those things, and we would we would dig mud pits and pretend we were having fights, yes, know, like arenas with the with the crawdads and stuff and and uh yeah we i mean we caught some big ones, you know the lobsters
0: yep. and and parents were nowhere to be
1: found no, 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 when the street lights came on. You needed to be listening. If you were you're lucky, mom was distracted. You could keep playing, but eventually she'd be like, What the hell? The streetlights are on. I'm like,
0: okay, okay, we're going to get back. <laughs> yep. Yeah.
1: Um, but we would do, but even, yeah, when I lived up on that mountain and I was eight, nine, and uh, I would ride, I don't know, a half mile down the road, almost a mile down to my neighbor friend's house. And then we would set off through his backyard and there was a big rock at the back of his backyard. And we always thought it was cool. There was Indian drawings on there. It was petroglyphs. We didn't know what they were called. Right. But it was on a rock at the back of his backyard at the edge of the tree line. And we would go down and there was a proper Creek there. And if you hiked it about 20 minutes, you'd come to a waterfall, which is maybe 10 feet. But to us, it was Niagara Falls. Right. And yeah, we were eight years old. We, we were off in the woods. Like nobody, nobody worried about a. I I mean, you know, when I think about it. There was weird stuff that went on back then. <laughs> there you know, Weird stuff, but, but not the stuff you worry about today. Yeah. You know? And nobody, my, our parents never were like, where have you been all day? We were outside. That was all that mattered. Yep. Is that we went outside. So I, I want that. I want that from my son. You know, to to go be outside and not be concerned about some windowless van driving up, and you know, or or a bunch Boy. of people, you know, asking a an eight year old what his political affiliation is or how he feels about whatever, and then like punching him out because you know he's. Um, I don't have
0: one. How do you mean you don't have one? What
1: are you talking about? Yeah. Like it's, it's nutty
0: to me. Or have him go, I'm voting for Odin. What? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I, I, uh, I like,
1: uh, what is it? uh, Brewster's millions. That movie, which I didn't realize the Richard Pryor version was a remake, but uh, that whole campaign, none of the above. That's who I'm voting for. None of the above. None of
0: the above. above. nice that's awesome yeah that brings back some memories that's something that i have tried to balance um one reason i picked the neighborhood i lived in and everything else now is that my boy can experience some of that ride his bike down to the street to his buddy's house yeah fine and good um we have two busy streets one to the south and then a busier um one to the north of us and through the years the boundaries from what he could do has grown. And each time they've grown, it's not because I've said that he could go like go this far or go the, it's him pushing his boundaries. Right. And, 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 if he ever listens to this, he'll probably look back and go, Oh, I could have gone farther that day. <laughs> but it's like, you know, it's like, I don't want you riding on this road because it's dangerous. There's cars. It's it's not up to your par yet. They're not watching you, you're little and everything else. And then on the opposite token, it's like, well, they're running 70 miles an hour down that road. I really don't want you on that one on your bicycle. Fair enough. And he's old enough to realize that. But it's like the other main road, I caught him out on it the other day. It's the first summer he's gone down that part. And I'm like, yep, he's old enough. He's going to be driving soon. He got, he's got to learn to dodge. And it's like, but he did. He's pushed his boundaries. I would set him. He would push out. But it was like, I knew when he was old enough to push past him that he was ready for it. Yeah. You know, if he stayed within inside my boundaries, he wasn't ready. And it's like, okay, push that bubble a little further. Every once in a while there might be a slight correction, but overall or or it's like the street lights. Um, got to be home before the street light comes on. The other day he he well, this was I'd say the other day. Again, the years start blending together. But he came home and I really liked his debate so he didn't get in trouble because he argued it well.
1: Yeah. Oh man. But
0: it, the street lights, like it was slightly cloudy, so the street lights came on early. But time-wise, it wasn't really yet time, and he had—he knew he needed to be home. But at the same, so he was technically late. But he argued because the clouds turned the lights on early. It messed him up, and he was playing so hard. But I was like. His argument was so good. I'm like, all right, fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. Because fair enough. he thought it out, you know, there, there's that growth there. How do I, how do I debate this with dad so I can stay out of trouble? <laughs> well, yeah, that's, I mean, even,
1: even with my boy at five and, and at six, there's times where it's like, Hey man, come on. What, what were you thinking? And when he has an answer for it and i I'm, and I'm like, whether it's whether it holds water or not, I can tell if he really thought about it. And you know, I'm I'm not asking his logic to hold up to my logic. But if in his mind he he thought it thought it through, like he paused to think something through. He had a reasoning behind it. I'm we can talk about it and, right. and move forward. And I go, okay, well let me explain why. That's not the case, but I do appreciate you taking the time to consider, you know, whether A or B, you know. And and honestly, I I mean, I've, golly, it best kid ever. If it keeps going like this, but I hope I don't jinx anything just now. But (laughs) but there's times when I'm like, man, come on, you know. And it's but but he's a he's a deep he's a deep character. I I don't know if it's you know to the some of the heavy stuff that he's faced as a little boy or whatever. And, right. and so he's ponderous, but uh, like you say, you, you got to respect the thought process. And, and I, the last thing I ever want to be as a father is a, because I said so. <laughs> exactly. That yeah. to me is a shortcut to thinking that is like putting a sign on my head that says, I have no idea. I have no answers for you. You know, I'm totally bankrupt of of reasoning. You know, and I, I, and and it's that is not to say that I told you not to do this because X, Y, and Z, and you have gone against what I said. Like that, that I'm not saying you shouldn't hold your ground on important things, but if the only answer you have to To why something is is a rule or or why you say no to something is well because i si- because you're unquestionable that's risking i think your entire credibility as I agree. a
0: <laughs> totally agree with that one yes and and I
1: got that some growing up, and you know my my everyone's parents do the best that they can I think well, maybe not all of them, but I feel like mine did. Um, And I think sometimes a parent may be just tired. Right. And it's like, nah, we're moving on. That's (laughs) it. I said so. Done. Okay. Maybe that's it. But but maybe a better way is to say, we're putting a pin in this. We'll come back to tomorrow. Right. And then go think about it or whatever. But maybe you don't have, maybe it's a time issue, but don't phrase it like, you know, because I'm the Pope you know <laughs> that's it you know <laughs> infallible <laughs>
0: yes, i agree well we've been going at this for almost 2 hours cody no we're kidding pretty good yeah time oh. flies when we're having fun
1: indeed man i'm i'm so i'm so happy to 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 join the ranks to 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 grace Gracious show! Join the ranks of the Gilead Bays and all the other great personalities.
0: We've had we've had quite a few. It's it's a nice crowd. So, you mm-hmm. know, I appreciate you making some time. So yeah, and and I I
1: I as a personal goal, I've always kind of thought like maybe I'll. Uh, I, I've got some writing projects that I that I want to uh, give birth to, and I won't say anything more because there's no sure way to come off as a fraud or jinx something then but uh (laughs) i've got some things cooking but i've always been tempted to see if i could uh join the ranks of the absolutely of of great article writers on your
0: on your On on br absolutely i'm always looking for guys that that goes to anyone if you're still listening to this and you're thinking about putting it out i i um if I can just be a a jump board to help other people get going in the writing, I'm happy. Or I've had a couple people that have wanted to write one thing and have it published. Absolutely. So if you got some cooking, I would always, yeah, always look forward to stuff. Um, I've gotten the question a few times. Is there anything I ever say no to? And I think I was—I was actually talking to Scott about this. It's like about the only thing I say no to is modern politics. And the wow. funny part is, is all the writers that have written for me, for the most part, none of them want to talk about modern politics. So it's a win-win. It's—it's yeah. it's like, yeah, I got an open forum. Not much is off the table beyond that.
1: No, that's it, all that fascinates me now. Like I said you know, to come back full circle here to, to finding you through, you know, it was like, I, I, I found like you and Zach small and uh, Alexander Cortez and, uh, and Tanner and uh, gosh, I've been thrown just like, a, you know, the, a cast of heroes, you know, and I just always uh, aspired and, and been fascinated and, and, you know, Ryan Mickler and all those guys that, really helped me out a lot when I was hitting some really hard times, um, introspectively and, uh, trying to get my shit together as a father and as a man and, and a husband. And, um, and so men's issues are just like my passion now, especially in a time where guys are just so under fire and, um, it's It's not cool to be a man uh, if you if you turn on the TV or whatever but I, I'm, I'm just so into it so I, I would love to, to 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 get in there and mix it up um, with Mr. Valhalla and all the other guys there there we go Absolutely. In there yeah and it's it's cool oh I have a question for you. Are you a fraternity of excellence guy?
0: I am I am part of that foE yes. how,
1: how long have you been in doing that?
0: Let's see, where am I at now? I want to 2018. Is that what I started? I've been in it for quite a while. I have to actually look, to see how long I've been in it. Let's see, we'll pull up. Yep, October of 2018. So I've been around in there for not quite an OG, but I came in in that f- first early time. So, and it's continuing to grow and change. I think everybody should have a fraternity or have a group or have something um, to have that accountability works wonders.
1: Yeah. Guys out there, if you're, if you're listening to endless podcasts and and you're looking to implement some of the stuff in your life, there's no better way than networking with some other dudes. And like, I just felt like, I, I used to live in this humongous town with so many people. And I had friends that moved to LA with me from Texas that I've been friends with for over 20 something years. And I just, we had all just drifted. I, I, and I needed something else. And I ended up getting in uh you know, Mr. Mr. Guzzi has a, an intimate band of Rapscallion, the, uh, the fathers and heroes but we've we been talking about creating a logo or whatever. We we jokingly call it, uh, instead of FOE, we call it FOT, Friends of Tanner. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Which I, like I think he, he loves and hates when we <laughs> tease him about that. But, um, yeah, whether whether it's an official group or, or whatever, or just, you know, post on a social media list or something, just like hook up, guys, reach out, guys, because, like,
0: Reaching and more out. and more, more groups are starting. There's, you know, because you have Foe Tanner's group, Ryan Mitcheller with the Iron Council, Jack yeah. Murphy with um, oh, Liminal, Liminal Order. Yes. Um, okay. If you go I've to the more business there. mindset, you got all um, uh, Tate Brothers. I can't think of their group at the moment. The War oh, Room. Oh yeah. Uh, I, uh, it was- Sobras
1: got the the Lambros or something.
0: Lambros, exactly. <laughs> and then um, I was scrolling through. There's a um, couple other guys on IG that I follow. They're starting up groups. And even then, you know, it's uh, one of the others. It's like a lot of people are working to build tribes again. And, I mean, it's going through the Internet to go find the – chasing the pixels to find people of like-mindedness. So it's not like you can knock on the door next door and figure the person, but it's like, start finding these people and start meeting up. I think um, that's, that's where the true power is. Once you meet them online, then you get out and start shaking hands and meeting them in person. Uh, uh, Jimmy G and CJ, the two other guys for barbarian banter. We've met on several occasions we've lifted together, we've eaten together and, you know, it it, it creates that bond and it helps out it's strengthens things. So it's a good solid way to go is find your own tribe.
1: Absolutely. And it's because, you know, just networking, you know, if you're lucky you're in a church and you hit it off great with people in there, you know, you're, that's old school way to just face to face network. That's awesome. Good for you. But for a lot of us, and you know, I was talking to someone about this the other day. It's it's so strange. Like uh um like I, I in in these groups of friends, you know, I've got I've got pagans and Mormons and and Catholics and uh all these people like forming ranks here and all of that what we were talking about earlier, the the you know, the 20% details on things of what are really personal convictions, like all this other stuff we there's there's such a a void such a howling madness in the world you know um that we all got to link arms and you know we can all argue what heaven looks like you know after the fighting is done i think you <laughs> know but <laughs> right now we need we need teammates and right. it's um so yeah, guys, reach out to people, e- email people, DM you know, on on the socials and stuff because uh, yeah, it was it uh, it's escaping me. Someone someone said it really well, but it, it's it's not about. It might have been Jack Donovan or somebody. And it was like it's not um it, it, it's not just about you know. It, expressing ideas in a, in a, in an echo chamber or something. It's, it's about, you know, linking up with, maybe it was Ivan Throne. He's talking about, you know, you don't need likes, you don't need followers. What you need to do is to find um, comrades right now. You need to be linking up, you know, because, uh, you know, things just seem to be unraveling. In such a way. And I I say this as a very positive, optimistic person.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Well, and even the people that, how do I say it, normally just go about their lives, know there's something wrong. You know, it's not just, it's no longer the conspiracy theorist. It's no longer the guys that are prepping and kind of doing it. It's gone to the next level of just your average Joe knows things aren't right. Now a bunch of them are trying to ignore it still, but they still know something's not right. They're not completely oblivious to the the craziness anymore. You know, some I think so many people walk through the world and didn't even know that any craziness was going on. But it has hit home for so many people that it's like, well the world really is messed up at the moment. Yes? Yes it is. Yes it is. <laughs>
1: and you so. and you need to, you need people if at least just to say things out loud to. Because everything else is just it's just a thought in your head and you may find that there's other people you can say these things in your head and you're like god I must sound like a crazy person and you say it out loud there are people out there who will go yes you're right. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's that crazy. Welcome. Well, yeah, well,
0: welcome. See you. <laughs> and, and you've just and you've just gotten the tip of the iceberg. It gets worse.
1: <laughs> so, but congratulations. We're all together. So it's it's good. Let's have a feast, you know. And
0: <laughs> Absolutely.
1: Oh, awesome, man. All right.
0: I think that's a good note to uh end on for tonight. We're going to we're going to have to get together though and and make this happen again. Where's the best place if people wanted to follow you?
1: Hit me on Instagram right now. And and like I said, we'll we'll be uh, a boy and I. I don't know what this YouTube channel is going to be, but we, all we have is a name for it. I know it's not going to be uh, a gamer channel, but it's not going to be just some day-in-the-life family documentary either. It should be funny and fun, and I hope for, for dads and kids – and uh, you know there'll be some moms. I got, I got, I got a wife, and I got a a baby daughter who who I'll be slapping in there too. So <laughs> stick around, I, and I'm sure I'll post that on on uh, Instagram. So right. right now, hit me on Instagram. Feel feel free to DM me. DMs are open. All right. Um, for right now, I'm just uh, that that's where I'm I'm focusing things, Excellent. trying to push. Um, how cool and fun it is to be in a happy and healthy family i think that is the last great revolutionary act right now
0: and Uh, you're always looking like you're having fun on ig thanks man that's really
1: all i want to post Uh, that and i want to be dunking on some people who are just like no the world's you know miserable you shouldn't have children you should recycle and then and die early you know for the planet and i just want to be like ah we're having babies and it's awesome (laughs) there we go (laughs) i gave my son a bb gun i can't wait to start shooting things (laughs) (laughs) so stick around more of that Awesome. there we go all your inspiration over the years man it's it's really great and again such an honor for me to to hang out with you like this i look forward to well the- I,
0: i'm glad we were be able to get our schedules together and make this happen it's been a blast
1: oh excellent
0: all right Thanks for listening to this episode of the Barbarian Rhetoric Podcast. I hope it's given you something to think about in your own quest to develop a barbarian mindset. Because it's with this mindset that you'll find the skills, strength, attitude, will, and endurance to see things through and live within the civilization and still be a barbarian. We appreciate your feedback. We especially appreciate those who have been supporting the podcast. That's the Barbarian Rhetoric Podcast on our website, on Anchor FM, and on Spotify. You can find the show notes on the blog or anchor.fm slash barbarian rhetoric. If the podcast has been helpful to you, please let us know. You can do this by checking into the Apple Podcast app, give us five stars, and leaving us a short review. This will help us get our message out in front of many more people. You can also talk to us on social media and let us know what you are thinking about or how this has helped you. On Twitter, I am at Steel Janz. That's S-T-E-E-L-J-A-N-Z. And I'm also on Instagram, at Barbarian Rhetoric. There's also a couple other things you need to check out. One is the Barbarian Rhetoric blog. And of course, our newsletter. There's a pop-up which you'll see as soon as you land on the blog. Thanks for listening. And always remember to be a barbarian in a civilized world. An apex predator.